Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller here with you. We are previewing every region for the 2022 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. On this episode, we take a look at the Midwest region. To do that with me, I've got CJ Moore. CJ, what's going on? Ready to talk some brackets. Let's talk some brackets. Let's talk the Midwest region of this bracket specifically, where Kansas is the one seed, Auburn the two, Wisconsin the three, Providence the four, Iowa fresh off their Big Ten tournament title, the five seed in this region. We'll be able to hit on those three, four, and five teams as we just have our natural discussion. I'm going to focus first, though, on the top with Kansas, and then the bottom with Auburn the number two. How do you see these paths unfolding before these top two seeds in this region? I think they got favorable draws. I, I look at this region as probably the weakest. Um, I think that's kind mm-hmm. of in the consensus, and I agree with it. I think that Kansas potentially, you know, that Iowa matchup could be pretty tough. Um, who nobody can really deal with Keegan Murray, so like, right. I, I don't know how you guard him because I don't think anybody really has the answer for that, right? Like you've watched a lot of Big Ten games. Does anybody have an answer for how how do you check that dude? Nope, uh, pretty much no. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I think Kansas, you know, matches up with Iowa fine, other than Keegan Murray. Um, and I think Kansas has enough firepower to, to, to hang with the Hawkeyes. But that could be a pretty tasty 3-16 game. And then the bottom of this region, I think, is pretty weak. Like, mm-hmm. I think Wisconsin's the weakest three seed. Um, I have concerns about Johnny Davis just because yep. he didn't come back super hot, right? Like, um, And then, you know, I don't think USC or Miami – you know, USC could maybe be a little sneaky, dangerous there for Auburn, but – there's not a game here where you're like, oh, man, Auburn should be scared of those guys. So um, if pre-bracket, I don't know that I would have picked Auburn as an Elite Eight team, but mm-hmm. after the draw, I think I, I like Auburn and the Elite Eight. If you like any team in the bottom half of this bracket, for whatever reason, as long as it's not some ridiculous reason, if you have any legitimate reason to like Auburn, and there, there are plenty of legitimate reasons. They were great earlier in the year, despite what they've uh, the snag they've hit. Jabari Smith, he's going to be the first overall pick in the draft, almost certainly. Like, There's plenty of reasons to like Auburn. Wisconsin, a team that has been able to win a lot of close games. They've got their own lottery pick in Johnny Davis. There's reason to like Wisconsin. Iowa State, defense that they're able to bring. Like, If you like anything, USC size, uh, anything about any team in the bottom half of this bracket, you have to feel pretty good about them getting to the Elite Eight, because I think it's like the consensus has been that the Midwest region is the weakest of the four regions. And I am with you. I agree with that consensus. I don't think you could even make an argument for a half of a region being as soft as the bottom half of the Midwest region. It's just, it certainly is, uh, is tilted uh, in, in this favor. And so I think that you can, if there's any team you like in the bottom half of the region, you can feel pretty good about them getting to an elite eight because you got to feel like a team that you like, can beat any of the teams that they're going to run into in the bottom half of this region. And definitely Kansas has to feel, you know, they're not going to admit it, uh, but they have to feel like uh, the committee did them a solid by uh, structuring the tournament yeah. in this region the way that it did. Here's the thing, though. Like, if, if Kansas and Auburn could flip spots, I think KU probably flip spots with them. Like, I, I think Auburn actually yeah. has an easier portion of the, that bottom. Of, is, is, easier. is that all because of Iowa, or you think the 8-9 matchups got anything to do with that? Because Iowa. I think Iowa's yeah. dangerous. I mean – San Diego State, second best defensive team in the country. Um, 
you know that 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 could be worrisome but yeah it's 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 the iowa factor i i, mm-hmm. I was capable of coming out of this region so um th- th- that's the scary matchup and you'd re- prefer to play the hawkeyes in the elite eight rather than the yeah. 316 if you were if you were really trying to like cry about something as a kansas fan you could say that they could face two big 10 teams in chicago in the Sweet 16 in the Elite Eight, if they were to play Kansas or they were to play Iowa in the Sweet 16 and then Wisconsin in the Elite Eight, but I mean uh, that is I mean talk about talk about first world problems. Uh, <laughs> that is that is uh, definitely something I think Kansas will be happy to deal with and uh, not very hard to get from uh, to get from anywhere in Kansas to Chicago either. And Chicago, a huge alumni base uh, of Kansas uh, fans as well, so it's worked out very nicely for Kansas. The double digit seeds. In this region, uh, CJ include Miami, the 10 seed. You've got Iowa as the or Iowa State. I'm sorry, as the 11. Uh, we're always looking at the 12 and the 13 lines. That features Richmond on the 12 against Iowa, South Dakota State on the 13 against Providence. South Dakota State. They were probably going to be a, a chic upset pick almost regardless of who they drew in the first round. Providence was going to be a chic team to pick against almost regardless of who they drew in the first round, and of course those two teams end up against each other. That, for me, it feels simple, but they. But I'm going to follow that simpleness and say that South Dakota State is the most dangerous of the double-digit seeds in this region. What are you looking at for that one? Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Um, if you want another one, Colgate and South Dakota State are the best three-point shooting teams in the country. Colgate's mm-hmm. number two. So, like, you know, team gets hot from three. That's that sometimes can be a recipe for for an excuse, or for an upset. But uh, here I, I've got. I reached out to a Summit League coach a couple of weeks ago. So yep. I was thinking our our own Bryant Bennett was suggesting, hey CJ, maybe take a look at the San Diego or not not San Diego State, South Dakota State as a film room candidate. I was like, all right, I could consider that. So I reached out to a uh, coach in that league, and uh, so I got a good, good little scouting report here on South Dakota State. I thought I'd share. Well, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. All right, so we've got great coach, well balanced, clarity of roles excellent shooters, selfless players, veterans. He says Baylor Shearman, I hope I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. I think it's Shireman, but that's close enough. Yeah, Shireman, Shearman. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to go with, uh, what are we going with, Shireman? Shireman, yeah. yeah. That sounds better. This is why you uh, do the audio stuff and I do <laughs> So good, it makes everyone better. He can yeah. handle the ball and play pick and roll and you pick your poison. He is phenomenal and willing passer. He also posts up and is in a, posts up and is a matchup nightmare at this level. They create advantages through him and the rest of their guys are really good finishers. Their fifth year post, Douglas Wilson is a stud, was conference player of the year two years ago. So here you go. That sounds sounds like a pretty good team to me, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And as you said, the number one three point shooting team by percentage in the country, forty four point two percent from behind the arc. Shireman himself, 46.6% on 161 threes, too. I mean, you got him and Zeke Mayo. You're talking about two guys who both attempted at least 118 threes, shooting it at 41% or better. I mean, that is, you know, they don't rebound the ball exceptionally well on the offensive end. They don't force a ton of turnovers. Those are also things you like to see if you're going to be picking an upset. But you shoot the three as well as this team does, you're going to be feeling like it's definitely a, a live dog coming into that matchup against Providence. Yep. Yeah, I like that. 
Ken Palm actually has it as just a two-point game with Providence uh, coming out ahead. But uh, that's going to be definitely a 13-4 matchup to watch. On the flip side, uh, what's a, what, is there, I guess, a double-digit team that jumps out at you as, uh, eh, they're not going to pull off anything? Iowa State. Uh, yeah, it's not not good. <laughs> like, <laughs> offense is really bad. Played best ball early in the year. Uh, haven't been good for a while. M- maybe a tournament reset helps, and uh, you know the the defense yeah. is good. But they're they're also going up against another really good defensive team in LSU. Yeah. Um, I, I'm actually the, the, we can segue. Do you have do you have a t- double digit seed you hate? Um, I mean, I don't know if anyone's really going to be into this uh, Richmond though. Um, yeah, twelve five. Put where every I think everyone goes into a into a, a tournament pool thinking they have to have at least one twelve five. Yeah. This is one that I would not get behind. Um, yeah, it's there is there is something to fading the hot team uh, coming into the tournament, and Iowa certainly is that. And like like it's different to say fade the hot team. Like the, the Iowa's a hot team when you're looking at just like the conference champions. Like Kansas is hot too. Well, Kansas has been hot all year. Arizona they won their conference tournament. Arizona has been hot all year. Yeah, Iowa is unusually hot right now compared with where they've been all season. Mm -hmm. So I do think there's something to fading the hot team to a certain extent. Uh, But Richmond is just not the sort of team I think that hangs with Iowa. And again, as you said right off the top, this is not only a hot team, but a hot team with a guy who's going to be a top five pick in the draft in a couple of months Mm -hmm. in Keegan Murray. So uh, Richmond is just a team that I I want no part of. And I feel pretty good about Iowa being a Sweet 16 team going up against Kansas. Here's where I'll push back on you on that. My boy Jacob Gilliard is from Kansas City. Well, so so, yeah. so so slow down there. All right, like get, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm I was pulling for credit. I was pulling for Richmond. I like to see. I'm happy we get to see at least one more game yeah. uh, out of Jacob Gilliard and Grant Golden. Really, really good passing big man. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know that, that's a team that a year ago was uh, kind of sneak, pretty pretty sneaky little mid major. You know, mm-hmm. I think snuck it in the top twenty five at one point. Um, played Kentucky pretty close early on, if I remember right. So uh, that's the team that's been in some some good games. But um, I, I can understand where you're coming from there. All right, let's take a look at uh, maybe some Elite Eight sleepers that we have in this region. It sounded like you had somewhere where you wanted to go, something that you had in mind for that already. I do. I do. So I don't think anybody is going to be picking this. I, I won't pick it in my bracket, all of these guys in the, in the Sweet 16. But uh, LSU. Like, just lost its coach, so yep. people are probably going to pick him to lose in the first round, right? But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sometimes that us-against-the-world mentality, it can work. It can play well in March. And uh, LSU had six games Xavier Pinson didn't play. That's their point guard this year. Um, and it was really eight because he came back for two in that stretch when he wasn't really ready and played limited minutes. So you, and, and their offense was awful when he wasn't on the floor. So you take those mm-hmm. eight, eight games out of it, LSU's 20-5. and five. Like if he's healthy all year, where's this team seated? Three, maybe better than six. I would say that's probably pretty safe to say. Better than six. So, I think that's a team. And you know, defensively, switches a lot. Like I think the SEC kind of got used, to, kind of figured out probably its its defensive scheme and how to play against that. But that's the thing where when you come into the tournament, if you you know if you kind of do some things in a different way, these teams haven't seen you before. They haven't experienced that. They've got a lot mm-hmm. of big, long athletes. I, I think LSU could be a uh, a team that, that could get to the Elite Eight, and I wouldn't be surprised. And I don't think many people will pick that. Well, again, I mean that's that's what we started the show talking about. Is just the bottom half of this region. Like if you can if you can latch onto something. Mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of like and I, I like that you know I, I I'm, that's not a pick that I'm gonna be making um but I like the 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 you know the game theory behind that sort of idea because you're right I mean everyone you see the will Wade headlines you see a team uh that you know got blitzed by Arkansas uh to get knocked out of the SEC tournament and it's pretty easy to say you know what screw these guys so Iowa State's got a good defense they don't even have their head coach they're done this is over they're going to lose their first round matchup and then even if you say yeah they're going to win that game and you look at just the chalk they've got Wisconsin and Milwaukee in the second round and so you know you're talking about a three seed for better or worse should they be a three seed uh, you know I, I think they probably earned their way to a three seed I would uh, I would say they're probably the worst of the four three seeds they're probably the worst of those teams but I think they earned their way there they get a home game in Milwaukee they've got a lottery pick in Johnny Davis like there's not going to be a lot of people even people who take LSU to win the first round matchup not a lot of people taking LSU to win that second round matchup uh, against the Badgers in Milwaukee so there is a lot of game theory there that could certainly work in your favor and if you're going to win it if you're going to take down a NCAA tournament pool you're going to have to have something like that at your back LSU is not really you know it's, it's actually a pretty intriguing one you're making a good argument here CJ that's why I'm making it <laughs> yeah, I think it uh, it certainly makes a lot of sense. If I was looking for an elite eight sleeper in this region, I mean, you can't say Iowa. Like that's I, you can't. Well, Iowa certainly is not, not a sleeper. Yeah. I guess I would say, I would say USC. It has to come from the bottom of the region. Mm-hmm. It, it just has to because I mean, Kansas Iowa. It just feels like a, a matchup we're destined to get in the Sweet Sixteen, and neither of those teams is obviously a sleeper. So, you know, USC. I mean, with their size, they're always going to be an an interesting matchup for teams that aren't used to dealing with that size. Yeah. Uh, it's a total, you know, difference of what Miami is going to bring. A team that's going to want to spread you out. So you've got that in the first round, and then a second round matchup with Auburn. They've got the size to deal with. Jabari Smith, they can make maybe Walker Kessler a little bit uh, uncomfortable, maybe get him into foul trouble. It's just, again, the bottom half of this region is wide open, and at least USC has something that they can pin their hopes to. We can outsize everyone. We can make this sort of a bully ball style of matchup every single game that we play and maybe just, you know, sort of grind their way to an Elite Eight matchup with, with, with Kansas. So that's something that, that's a team that I would look at as a surprise Elite Eight team. I, I got to say, I kind of like yours better. The, and the Trojans, they were in the Elite Eight last year, but uh, they were. They had some dude named Evan Mobley. And Evan Mobley is he having a good? Is he having a, a good rookie season they, they, in the yeah, NBA? That's that, that's <laughs> uh, that hurts. But no, it's I, I don't. I think those are the two that I, I'm like LSU is my favorite there, but I think USC is the other one that that makes sense. So I think we're on the two right teams. If you're going to try for a sleeper in the Elite Eight, those are the two I'd look at. All right, so do you have one of those sleepers punching through? What is your Elite Eight matchup in this region? Who ultimately gets out of it and goes to the Final Four? I think it's Auburn and Kansas. Like, I, I mm-hmm. think it just goes – I'm boring, but I'm going to go chalky here. Because, um, you know, Auburn and, and LSU have played each other this year, and I believe uh, Xavier Pinson actually played in that game. So – let me say, let's, let's just check it out here. Yeah, he played 24 minutes. Um, Auburn won that. It was at home, but won it by 15, won it, you know, won it pretty easily. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think, I, you know, I don't, I don't love, love Auburn. I don't love Auburn's guards. And that's why I'm going to pick Kansas. Like the way to beat mm-hmm. Kansas is you get David McCormick on an island. You try to, you know, hit middle, middle pick and roll against him. Um, either have a big guy that can stretch it and take him to the basket, which Iowa, could, when they go small, that might be a, you know something that, that gives Kansas problems. 
or you you have really good guards that that can attack him going downhill. And I just don't see a team in this region that like can really execute that game plan. Yep. And uh, Auburn included, like Auburn's guards just aren't that good. So I like the Jayhawks. I'm with you. I've got the Jayhawks going to the final four. I, you know, to be perfectly honest, CJ, I wouldn't be surprised if we look back at it come final four time and they're in there and like we look at you know games that they won pretty comfortably. Uh, you know, maybe a Sweet 16 matchup with Iowa gives them a little bit of trouble. Maybe an Elite Eight matchup against Auburn or Wisconsin or, or LSU uh, is a game where you know it's not like a, a foregone conclusion, but they keep that team at arm's length. I think Kansas has the easiest path to the final four of any one seed, and I think that they get there. I think they do it against Wisconsin. You know, this uh, Wisconsin is totally dependent on Johnny Davis's health. His ankle did not look right in their Big Ten tournament loss to Michigan State, but assuming he can get healthy uh, for, you know, uh, definitely need him for that weekend matchup against whoever it would be. I think they can handle Colgate. You know, they've, they've shown themselves capable of handling teams that, you know, you would say that they are better than this season. I think they handle Colgate relatively easily. Uh, but then uh, you need Johnny Davis healthy to get to the Elite Eight for sure. Uh, but again, this the bottom half of this uh, region is so wide open that I think with everything Wisconsin's done this season, the growth of Tyler Wall and Chucky Hepburn, I think that's going to be enough to help them get to the Elite Eight where they ultimately lose to Kansas by like 12 points. It just feels like Kansas's region, Kansas's year to get back to the Final Four. So we're both on the Kansas Jayhawks getting to the Final Four out of the Midwest region. That's going to wrap things up for this episode of Best on the Board. Thanks so much for listening. For CJ Moore, I am Michael Beller. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.